Welcome to the Readerly Report. Your hosts are Gail Weiswasser and Nicole Bonilla. We hope you will enjoy our candid book conversations, recommendations, and observations on the reading life. Thanks so much for joining us. Welcome to another edition of the Readerly Report. Today, Gail and I are back to discuss the latest book to series or movie adaptations. You know, we're going to let you know what we've been reading, get you caught up there. And also, we have the final two books in our spring book tournament. So at the end of the show, you'll find out what our finalists are, and you will finally be able to vote on like what is the best book that we read, one of us read at least, last year. So Gail, why don't you let us know what's been up with you? What have you been reading? Oh, boy. I feel like, yeah, I feel like I've been in a little bit of a book rut. I, I don't know, just life busy, big life decisions, things that are sort of occupying my brain. So I don't, my reading has suffered a little bit. Let's see, the most recent thing I finished was, I, I believe I mentioned it on the show last time, is a book called Bookworm by Robin Yeatman. And if you look at the cover of Bookworm, it looks like a sort of light romance about like a quiet, bookish, nerdy girl. It's really not at all what it is. It is sort of a strange like genre mashup, almost like, ah, God, it's really hard to explain, but it's just about this woman who's in a relationship. She's married to a really awful guy and she goes to a cafe one day and she's reading a book, which never is given a name, but it is a little life. And she sees another guy reading the same book. And she sort of like starts to fantasize about this man who she thinks is her soulmate and he's going to be kind and sensitive and all the things that her husband is. And her husband's very resentful of that, the fact that she's always reading. So she kind of develops this like this like a double life where she's obsessed with this other guy and yet sort of trying to remain this like dutiful wife in a, in an awful marriage where she fantasizes constantly about ways for her husband to die. So like, okay. it's definitely <laughs> not like okay. this light and frothy thing. I mean, it's funny and it's like, it's not a heavy read. It's just not necessarily what you would expect looking at the cover of it. It was quick. I did it on audio. It was, it was fine. I mean, I, I, I wrote in my review, like, I'm not unhappy that I read it, but I think there were other books I could have read that may have been a better use of time. Anyway, it was set in Montreal and it just, I don't know, sort of a strange book. So that was Bookworm by Robin Yeatman. On audio, I'm doing a book called Go as a River which is by Shelley Reed. And it is about, it's historical fiction about a girl growing up in very rural Colorado. She lives on her family's peach farm. And when it opens, you know, she's probably about 16 years old. And this sort of mysterious boy shows up in town. He's like an Indian kid who is sort of a drifter. She gets romantically involved with him. And I know they're really young. And that's one thing I really don't like is when you have a book that's predicated on like a 16 year old romance that happens over the course of like a week where they like fall in love and it epically changes their life. That is what happens here, but it, it does sort of change 
the, her life in many, many fundamental ways. And actually, I, I, I think it's actually quite a good book. And I'm about halfway through it, maybe a little more than halfway through. And it's just about sort of the challenges she faces. She's got a really difficult family life and what goes on in this, you know, small area of Colorado. And it takes place in like the, the 1940s. And I think it's going to span, you know, many decades of her life right now. I've probably gotten about 10 years of her life through so far. So it's pretty good. I, I had read really good reviews of it. And, and so far, I, I think they're good. And it's, it's, it's a good audio book. It, it's one of those kind of old fashioned feel books because it's, you know, sort of sweeping and it's like deals with some, some pretty painful stuff. So I think it's pretty good. What else? I'm supposed to be reading Trust which just won the Pulitzer, which just shared the Pulitzer prize for literature along with Demon Copperhead. I'm supposed to be reading that for book club. I'm like, I read like the first, I don't know, 40 or 50 pages and then I put it aside. So I don't know. I'll have that to, I'll have to go. Promising. No, I know. I'm going to have to pick it back up. I've got a, you know, a book upcoming book club deadline. So that'll force me to read it. Is that by Hernan Diaz? Yes. I think I wanted to read that. Yeah. I mean, it looks really good. I don't know why there's something about it. That's like, I'm like nervous about it. Like I, I'm sort of dreading it. I don't know why. And the fact that it won the Pulitzer, like that doesn't help. <laughs> okay. So do you think maybe it got a little bit too much hype? No, I think what happened is that like the Pulitzer has confirmed for me that I feel like it's going to be work. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. And like when you're in a distracted time of your life, a book that seems like it's going to be work seems like something to put off. Right. So I keep doing that. So I, I don't, I don't think I'm going to not going to like it. I just, it's just not what I feel like reaching for when I'm looking for a little bit of escape or relaxation. Right. doesn't sound like it will be soothing. No, I don't think so. And then the last one is my blow dry book, which I think I've mentioned before, cause I'm making my way through it slowly is the teachers by Alexander Robbins, which is a book that tracks the lives of three teachers across the country, three public school teachers. And it's, oh my God, it's so depressing because it's just about how incredibly difficult it is to be a teacher and how it just keeps getting harder and worse with like budget cuts and the pandemic and expectations. It's just, it's, it's very, it's a very daunting topic, but the book is good. So that's, I'm, you know, reading that like 10 pages at a time. I forget. Is that nonfiction? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that is what I'm reading. How about you? That's such a great summary. So I'm reading Hello Beautiful by Anne Napolitano. I was on the train and I saw someone reading it and it was just like knee jerk that I hopped off, went to the bookstore. I think that was like the one that just put me over the edge seeing someone read it. She looked like she was really enjoying it. So I've been reading that and and really enjoying the story as well. It is, you know, a very loose adaptation of Little Women set in, you know, present time. It's about family of sisters, the Padovano sisters, and the young man that one of them gets involved in who's going to bring like lots of change to their lives. And this this has been really well-reviewed everywhere. I know you didn't like Dear Edward that much. And I haven't read Dear Edward or even watched the series that's on Apple Plus. So I guess I'm starting with her sophomore book. Everyone's really loving it. And 
I'm loving it so far as well. And I guess I will wait and see whether I want to go back and read Dear Edward. So that's what I am reading. I'm listening to A Crown of Ivy and Glass. It's the first book in the Middle Mist trilogy by Claire Legrand. It's going to be out in June. So, so far, so good. It's, it's early days. She's just, this one has like magic in it. And it is about this one woman who's growing up in a family who has very strong, powerful magic that's been gifted to them. And she's got everything going from her for her. She's from this great family, but she is actually allergic to magic. So that creates complications for her. And she meets this handsome young man who, with whom she has a shared enemy. So they kind of team up to take down this enemy and try to make things better for both of their families. And I'm quite sure, I mean, they're already attracted to each other. And there's this push-pull dynamic, so I'm sure it'll be a little bit of a love story. But this is a departure from me in recent times because it is, um, it's not science fiction. I guess it's, it's fantasy is what you'd call it. You know, set in an alternate world, there's magic. But so far, so good. Nice. I think I mentioned to you that I started Hello Beautiful. I only read like maybe 30 pages and for what it was like not the right time. And I set it aside and I'm, I will definitely pick it back up because everybody I know loves it. <laughs> it's tough to find the right thing to read when, when you're distracted. I think my reading yeah. has slowed down lately just because there's, you know, similar to you, just like lots of things going on, lots of decisions, you know, that I'm making and, I feel like lots of running around and, and so it's just like hard to find the right book. And I've been liking Hello Beautiful. I probably picked it up in the last couple of weeks since we last recorded and I've made it to page 235, but I haven't really made real progress on it in the last four to five days. Sometimes I just feel like laying around more, not even reading. Right. I'm really watching Bridgerton. <laughs> That's the oh, kind from of the beginning. Like, fluffy mood that I'm in. Yeah. I, last weekend, I think I spent half a day watching, I think it, Queen Charlotte, which is like Bridgerton universe, but not based on one of the Julia Quinn books. I think she and Shonda Rhimes actually wrote that series together, but yeah, just in the mood for something like mindless and vaguely comforting. So I've been rewatching that. Got it. I have some slightly bookish news. I went to a book festival yesterday. Ooh. Yeah. It's called the Gaithersburg Book Festival. Gaithersburg is about I've heard half of that. an hour. It's in Maryland? Yeah. Half an hour outside DC in Maryland. I'd never been before and it was really pretty good. I mean, there were a fair number of authors there I had heard of and a couple books I had read. They had panels going on throughout the whole day. And they were usually like 10 panels at a time. They had, you know, a fiction track or two fiction tracks, maybe a nonfiction track, a kind of like writing publishing track. They had four children's tracks and then kind of a combination ones that like were just sort of mixed. Um, they had re-sign it, book signings. You could buy it. You had to buy all the books. It wasn't like, you know, book expo where they were giving away galleys. You had to buy the books, but there were book signings. There were, it was just, it was a beautiful day and it was just kind of nice to get back to some sort of bookish thing. The, the, what's the new version of book expo is next week. It's called the U S book show. It's a hybrid 
in-person and virtual event that is to, it's not like what it used to be, although I don't know, because I've, you know, this is the first time it's been in person since before the pandemic. I don't know if you got an email saying that you were, that you got a press pass just because we'd been approved for press passes in the past, but I have one. So I might try to tune in over the next couple of days. I think Wednesday is the fiction day. So I may, you know, listen to a few panels, but you know, nothing will ever be book expo or what it used to be, but it was, yesterday was fun. And it was just nice to sort of be surrounded by lots and lots of book fans. Sounds good. Um, I guess it wasn't raining near you. No, it was, it rained later in the day, but it was a beautiful day during the day. So nice. Yeah, they lucked out. All right. So next up, we are going to be talking about some of the latest book to either series or movie adaptations. Uh, Gail, what did you find or what do you want to tell us about? Well, there's lots of adaptations out there for books I've read. I have yet to watch a single one of them. So <laughs> I'm going to I'm going to flag them, but I have not watched them because I just I don't know, haven't been like my reading. I haven't been watching tons of TV beyond Succession and Jury Duty, which by the way is the funniest show on TV. What um, channel is that on? Oh, Jury Duty is on Freevee. So it is an ad-supported free network, but if you have Amazon Prime, you can watch it through Amazon Prime. Okay. Have you heard of Jury Duty? Maybe. It's it doesn't sound unfamiliar, but I have no idea what it's oh about. Oh my god. It is a reality show. Except oh. it's all fake. It's entirely fake except for <laughs> one guy. So there's one guy in the show who thinks that he is on jury duty. He like they got him through Craigslist, which I know sounds odd. Like if you if you really think about it, there's no way anyone would ever recruit jurors through Craigs- Craigslist. But they said they were doing a documentary about jury duty and they were looking for people who would like to be on jury duty and they would be filmed for this documentary. So they cast this guy and he thinks he's on a real jury, but in fact, everybody around him is an actor. So there's no, there's no real trial. All the other jurors are actors. The judge is an actor. The lawyers are actors. It's completely fake. And it's hysterical. It's just (laughs) because all these absurd things keep happening. And, and there's a famous person on the jury because it takes place in LA. So there's a famous actor on the jury. I was about to say this, this one guy looks familiar. He wouldn't be tipped off by that, but that makes sense. James Marsden. Yeah. No, no. James Marsden's playing himself and he does, he does recognize him. Right. He's like, right. oh my God, James Marston's on my jury. Right. So James Marston plays this obnoxious, self-centered Hollywood type. Oh gosh. This very exaggerated version. It's, I have to highly recommend it. It's it <laughs> just laugh out loud funny. So other than that, I haven't really watched that much TV. So I haven't, I haven't been to the movies in a long time. So I haven't really watched any of these, but they're all things I've read. So I'm intrigued by them and would like to watch them. So I assume you have a similar list of things that you've flagged, but perhaps not watched. Yeah, I, I kind of have a mix. Some things that, that I didn't know were based on books and maybe have watched one episode. Like I'm, I am not watching a ton of TV. So yeah, it might be kind of similar to yours. I might, there's a few things I've watched, so. Okay. All right. Well, I'll lead off and then maybe we can just switch back and forth and we can discuss whether we would watch it. If we have the time or interest. Okay. So the first one, this one obviously has been all over the place. And this is the movie adaptation of Are You There, God? It's Me, Margaret by Judy Bloom, the beloved book from many people's childhoods. This movie came out a couple weeks ago, I think. 
it's, I believe, only in theaters as of right now. So if you don't want to go to the theater, you have to wait till it comes out. And I've heard good things about it. You know, I, I, I think that it's, as a book, it's still a little dated because, you know, it came out in the 70s and the things that it deals with, and I think it's pretty faithful to the book. So it's not like they've tried to update it to deal with more kind of current, harder hitting things. You know, it's, it's, when you look back on it, it all feels very innocent and light, but apparently it's pretty faithful to the, to the book. And I am, I'm definitely interested in reading it. So it hit theaters April 28th. So it's been, yeah, like three weeks and it has Rachel McAdams, Abby Ryder Fortson and Kathy Bates. And I'd like to see it. I've, I've talked to friends who have taken their daughters to see it. And I think the moms liked it more than the daughters because we all have this like nostalgia in our hearts for this movie. And we're probably <laughs> the daughters are like, Hmm. It's funny that there's a new cover of the book and the new cover has like the three dots of texting, you know, when you're texting, waiting, when you, when someone's texting you back and you can tell they're, they're typing and the three mm-hmm. little dots appear clearly a, a, a bid to try to appeal to <laughs> today's teenagers because it has obviously nothing to do with the book. There were no cell phones when this book came out. So, so did they bring it back to a current year? No, I don't think so. Oh, I think okay. it's, I think it's period faithful. Okay. With just these random dots. Yeah. I, I, I don't know why they did that, this cover, but. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. I probably won't watch that. Yeah. I but I didn't, see. I don't know if I read, are you there? God, it's me, Margaret. All right. So on my list is city on fire. I think the first episode just came out a few weeks ago on Apple Plus. It is based on a 2015 novel by Garth Risk Halberg, which was about this wealthy family and basically a brother, wealthy brother and sister and the relationships, how their relationships impact a community in New York City of like artists, you know, young people that they're involved with as it starts out we get to know we get to know the brother and the sister who are estranged and who make a connection through who the brother is dating so by the end of the first episode you know something dramatic happens that's going to be explored over the course of this the book was originally set in the 70s and it took place i think during the blackout in the 70s they have updated the series so that it takes place in 2003 when new york had a blackout that lasted 24 hours. So both stories are unfolding against the backdrop of a black blackout, but they have not left it as a period piece. They, well, I don't know. It's 2003. That was 20 years ago. (laughs) So in a sense, it's a little bit of a period, a little bit of a period piece. (laughs) Uh, So there are some modern things, but you know, I don't know. In 2003, I'm just trying to think, I don't think everyone had cell phones at that point. I don't uh, think they were as ubiquitous, maybe. I think by 2003 they were. Were they? Yeah. I don't know. Seems like so long ago. Yeah, so that's on Apple Plus. And I did, when I figured out that this was a book, I did pull, get the book. And so I'm, I've am i read the first chapter. I haven't gone back to the series just because... I kind of want to figure out what's, you know, at least get to the 
what I've seen in the first episode with books. You're never sure how they're going to cut it up and how it's going to split. But I want to see if I can at least get to that point and just compare, you know, because they are set in different time periods to see kind of like what the differences are. And if I have any idea of why they chose to, you know, make it 2003 as opposed to still keep it in the 1970s. Okay. And and this will unfold. I think one, two episodes are probably out now. So it'll come out every Friday. So what's up next? Okay. So my next one, this has been out for quite a while and you made reference to it earlier in the episode, but this is the adaptation of Dear Edward by Anne Napolitano, the author of Hello Beautiful, which we just talked about. So this is a series on Apple TV plus and the book is about a plane crash that happens when there's only one survivor. It's a boy, a 12 year old boy who survives the crash that kills his parents and older brother and everyone else on board the plane. I did not love this book. And I know a lot of people didn't love this book and especially people who love Hello Beautiful didn't love this book, but I've heard that this series is pretty good. It has a good cast, especially Connie Britton, who I love. That's the coach's wife from Friday Night Lights. And she's been in a million other things. So I don't know. I was kind of tempted to give this a try just because I've heard it's good, but I'm not, I did not think the book was very, it didn't feel very realistic. And it felt like despite the very weighty topic, it felt kind of shallow to me. And I don't know. I'm curious to see how they handled the series. Did you tell me you started this or you have watched some? No, I haven't, but I probably will. I would like to at some point. At least watch yeah. the first episode. Yeah. I'm kind it of looks, curious about I mean, it. the series itself looks like it might be good. You know, it's about, I guess, is is the main character Edward? Yeah. But it's about the survive. He's like, this little boy is the sole survivor of a plane crash. And basically, it once he comes back, it changes the town. No, I don't think that's no. not how I remember it. I think that it... It talks about like sort of his life after the crash, but there's also flashbacks to the people on board, both his family right. and other other stories and other lives on the plane. I don't know if that's how they do it. Okay. Um, so maybe the, like his connections series. to the town and how, you know, his, his life adjusting, I mean, to be the sole survivor of something like that. Right. You know, I think he goes to live with like an aunt and uncle or something. And it's just about like how he tries to, you know, handle just the life going forward, growing up without right. his family and what that's like. Yeah. Okay. So next up, why don't you, because I've watched a little bit of it. Why don't you tell us about the last thing he told me? Oh, that is on my list. Yeah. So the last thing he told me is by Laura, a book by Laura Dave. And it is a book about a woman whose husband disappears and how she you know, tries to unravel the mystery of what happens to him. She, he leaves her with a stepdaughter, his daughter, her stepdaughter, who's 16 years old. And so now his, this, the wife, Hannah, not only needs to deal with her missing husband, but now she has to deal with taking care of her daughter, who her stepdaughter, who doesn't really, has never really been very warm to her and doesn't really like her. So they go on a quest to figure out what happened to him. And where has he gone and why did he disappear? 
And so it came out in an adaptation on Apple TV Plus in the middle of April. So it sounds like you've watched some of this. Stars Jennifer Garner. Yes, stars Jennifer Garner. So what did you think about the book? I didn't love it. I thought it was, I don't know, it was sort of like thrillery, but didn't really seem to have enough, like, I don't know, it didn't have that much substance to it. And I thought it was, I thought that it was kind of unrealistic too. Like when they figured how they figured out what happened to him unraveled, it just seemed sort of unrealistic (laughs) to me. Okay. So I have watched a couple of episodes of this. I would probably say skip it. I might watch one more episode. I've watched two episodes and it's just kind of boring. (laughs) You know, the book was boring. That doesn't surprise me. Not very interesting. You know, he disappears. You don't know why. I can't think of the actor's name, but in in the series, he's played by the actor who was also in Game of Thrones. He played Jamie. Is it Nicolaj Coster Waldo? Yes. Okay. So he's the dad. Yeah, he disappears. There are flashbacks. The same implausible thread of how they start to figure out things is present in the book. And it's basically Jennifer Gardner running around with a worried expression on his face, trying to keep up with the daughter who hates her. So, you know, that's a little repetitive. And also like, why is she always, always running off? Like her father has disappeared. I can understand a little bit of lashing out, but she's like actually leaving and kind of putting herself in danger. Like there's all these moments where it's just like, oh my gosh, you know, where does she go? And of course, Jennifer's like running after her. So I don't know. I think I fell asleep on the second episode. I haven't watched the, th- the third one that just dropped, you know, because they are, I think you get to watch the first two episodes and then each episode comes out on Friday or whatever day they've designated. But I can't say that it's like compelling that I want to get back to it or that I just think it's anything special even while I'm watching it. Yeah, not, none, of, none of that surprises me. That sounds a lot like the book. <laughs> so my next one also have not watched a little intrigued by and curious if you have is Daisy Jones and the six. This book needs no introduction. I think everybody knows what it is. This has been out already for two and a half months. It is on Amazon prime video and obviously the retelling of the band, the six with its lead singer, Daisy Jones based on Taylor Jenkins Reed's book. So did you watch this? I have not. Do you want to watch it? You know, I was thinking about that. I think my mom has started watching it or is is watching it, and I haven't had a chance to ask her about it. You know, I listened to the audio, which was, it wasn't narrated. It was basically acted out by, I think it was Benjamin Bratt and- Oh, Jennifer Beals. And Jennifer Beals. I felt like that was like such, so complete, and I was so in it that- not that I wouldn't watch it, not that it isn't a good story, but it just feels complete for me, you know? It's mm-hmm. almost kind of like I could watch it, but <laughs> yeah. Right. It would not it would it would not enhance. It could only detract. Right. I feel like it wouldn't enhance because I don't think anything lives up to the story in your head. And when it's already had the star treatment, it's almost like I guess I feel about it that it's almost like watching a remake of a really good movie too soon. <laughs> yeah, I I actually am one of the few people who didn't love this book and I did not do it on audio, which I was apparently the way to go. I thought it was fine. I didn't think it was anything amazing. And so when I saw it was coming out, I was kind of like, eh, you know, not I 
I, I, I didn't feel either the way you feel, which is it would only hurt to watch it, nor did I feel excited because I wanted to see it acted out on stage. But I kind of wonder if it might actually make it better for me, the way that the audio did for you. That or the, the audio seemed to be a good, a good way to absorb this, so maybe a movie would too. Yeah, I think for you, I mean, if low expectations, no to low expectations, who knows what changes they've made. And I I think the narration gave me the feeling of being able to really see it in my head, being really connected to certain voices as the characters or whatever. So if you didn't have that experience in reading it and, and two, I, I really do believe that the audio enhanced this book. This was a book that I listened to really enjoyed, but kind of wondered, would I have liked this as much in print, you know, because there are distinctions for me and like what I, what I can listen to something and know that if I read it in print that I probably wouldn't like it as much. Mm -hmm. So you'll have to let us know if, if you just end up watching it, watching it or just watch one episode, like just watch one episode for us. (laughs) Okay. Let us know if it, if if it redeems anything for you. Okay. I will I will take that on. I'll take one for the team on this one. <laughs> okay, your turn. Okay, so a series that I ended up watching that I don't think I realized was based on a book when I started watching it is Will Trent. I think it, it comes on ABC. You can also watch it on Hulu. The first season is now complete. So it's basically based on a series of novels by Karen Slaughter. The first one is Triptych, which I think is actually the first episode of the show follows this book. It's set in Atlanta's suburbs. It is about a GBI detective who basically was raised in foster care. It seems like some of the other, one other officer that he works with and kind of has an on and off relationship also was in and out of foster care with him. They knew each other that way. And he is dyslexic, but he has a very high solve rate, just like high emotional intelligence in terms of being able to read a crime scene. So it was a really good series. I'm sure they have have bought in more than just the first book, Triptych. But so Triptych is the first book in the series by Karen Slaughter that is based on Will Trent, you know, this detective. I really enjoyed the first season of watching it. It's it's 13 episodes. I watched it on Hulu, of course, so I could watch it without commercials and just kind of let the episodes gather and binge it. I'm very curious, you know, just because with a series, so much has to be visual, like you're picking up on visual cues and it's just like really so interesting to see what it was like in the book, you know, and they can go into so much more detail in a book because this case that I'm looking at, that's in the first book triptych. I mean, maybe they spent an hour on it. So lots of shortcuts and things that they cut out when, of course, they make these adaptations, no matter how long it is you get for a series, it can never be truly faithful. They have to make changes, you know, creative things happen. So it's got me really curious to read the book. Hmm. I had no idea that was based on a book. I know. Okay. All right. So my next one is actually a book I read earlier this year, which is Tiny Beautiful Things by Cheryl Strayed. There was an update to the book, which I read the updated version because I had never read the original one. 
And they've made this into a series on Hulu, which debuted in the beginning of April, starring Katherine Hahn. And this is a book about, it's nonfiction, and it's about Cheryl Strayed, who's the author of the book Wild, which was, of course, made into the movie with Reese Witherspoon. But this is about her life as an advice columnist, that she took on this column called Dear Sugar maybe 10 years ago, maybe longer. I can't remember when she actually started writing it, but she took over an existing advice column and became the face of this column. And Tiny Beautiful Things is a collection of responses and advice that she's given. And there's, you know, you learn a little bit about Cheryl through her introduction and of course, through her answers. So they made this into a series. I actually watched most of the first episode and I don't know, I just, it was really depressing. Like she's, I think it's probably as she finds her way towards this advice column. So it's like, she's in this really depressing marriage and she's got these kind of teenage kids and she just seems so just beleaguered. And I don't know, I started to watch it one night and I was like, do I really want to watch this? It just feels sad and dark. So maybe for me, I feel the way you felt about Daisy Jones, which is I was quite content with my experience of reading Tiny Beautiful Things. And I don't know that I need to watch this. I also don't really understand how you adapt a collection of advice columns into a series, like into what's a, you know, a fictional series. So, I, I mean, I'm a little intrigued and curious about that, but also a little skeptical. So I think that's another reason I haven't delved into this or resumed or, you know, picked it back up again. Do you think with less things going on, you would get back into it? Maybe. Um, but I feel like this one episode just kind of, I saw, I saw part of the first episode and fell asleep. (laughs) Yeah. I kind of wasn't sure. I was like a little confused by what they were going for and what was going on. And I think it's just because in the beginning, like the first scene, so it's not really a spoiler. You see her in this house and she's accused of breaking in and you realize it's her family and she's estranged from her family. So she should not be in the family home. Right. And I just wasn't quite sure, like, I guess probably got more dramatic as it went on. I wasn't sure from the first scenes, whether they were going to be playing this as, you know, a comic drama (laughs) or is this a drama drama? I didn't, I, I didn't know. Yeah. I, I think that was part of it as I couldn't tell where this was going or what it was. So I, I should probably, I definitely need to give it more of a chance before I <laughs> <laughs> reject it entirely, but yeah. All right. So my next book is the crowded room. Actually, that's the name of the series with Tom Holland is also going to be on Apple Plus is based on a book called The Minds of Billy Milligan. And so basically, Tom Holland is going to be playing a character who has multiple personalities, like things keep happening to him. You know, I think the series is debuting this week. So from the trailer I've seen, you know, people are he's being investigated and officers are asking him why people keep dying around him. And I think as it turns out or you know, from the synopsis of the book, the book is actually based on a real life serial killer who had multiple personalities. And the book was written in 1995. So they do make, make it a point to say that 
the crimes like Billy Milligan's crimes are not the crimes that they portray in the Apple plus series with Tom Holland. Like they're different crimes, but it's just, it's based on, it's based on like a real life person that the man who wrote flowers from flowers for Algernon, Daniel Mm -hmm. keys, he wrote in 1995. So I think it'll be interesting. What's your last one? Okay. So my last one, I did not realize this was based on a book and I'm really, would really like to watch this one. So the book is called losing the signal, the untold story behind the extraordinary rise and spectacular fall of Blackberry by Jackie McNish and Sean Silkoff. So I had no idea that this is a series or no, I think it's a movie that this movie was based on the book. The movie is called Blackberry. And it's basically about the history of the Blackberry, which for those of you who were not around in the late late 1990s and early 2000s was the precursor to the iPhone. So it was a handheld device. You used it just like an iPhone. It had a, a phone and you could type in text from it. But that was basically it. You didn't, it didn't have the gazillions of other features that we now rely on our devices for. But it was the precursor to all of that. It was completely ubiquitous, especially if you lived in DC, like everyone in government had a Blackberry. It was just the symbol of like, you know, importance, efficiency, connectedness. Like if you, you just, you know, spent your life on the device. It was super popular. And then basically the iPhone came and just, killed it. But I love behind the scenes tech dramas, anything that has to do with, you know, some rise and fall meteoric stuff, things happening against all odds and then being completely undermined and, you know, killed by internal politics and stupidity. I love that type of stuff. So I definitely will watch this. It's in theaters right now. It came out on May 12th. I'm hoping, you know, eventually it's going to make its way to streaming so that I don't need to actually go to theater, but I kind of would go to the theater just to watch this because I think it's probably going to be great. Most things I thought came out on whatever they were going to be streaming on in the movies at the same time. Is this like a just true straight up theatrical release that someone Um, will have to buy later on? Let's see. Killers of the Flower Moon, I think, well, it's going to be on Apple Plus, but they're also releasing it. The trailer is finally out if anyone wants to look it up on YouTube and watch it. And it's going to be coming out in October. Okay, let's see. I'm trying to see if it's... Let me just look and see if it's on, if you can stream it. Let's see, Blackberry. That would be greatly ironic if you can't (laughs) stream Blackberry. It's no, it is not streamable right now. Oh, so it's it is like theaters. straight up traditional. Yeah. You have got to come to the movies and in three to six months, it'll show up. Yeah. Somewhere. Interesting. It'll show up. Yeah. So okay. yeah, I definitely want to watch that. The last one that has come out recently that they are also doing one episode at a time is St. X. I believe it's on it's on Hulu and is based on a novel by the same name. And it's about a young woman who disappears while she her family is on a Caribbean vacation. She's about 18 years old, I think, when she goes missing, something happens. 
they find out later that she has been murdered and her five-year-old sister is also on this vacation. So she never really gets to know her sister, but when she is older, she's in college, I believe, or, you know, just newly post-grad events arrange it so that she has the opportunity. She runs into someone who she believes to have been responsible for her sister's death. And so she gets caught up in just like investigating what happened to her sister. I have watched the first episode and I will probably watch the second episode just to see where it's going. But so far it doesn't seem like it is, it hasn't been, it wasn't super compelling. I can't say that the first episode was that memorable. You know, it's them going on the family vacation and the daughter is kind of like giving her parents a little bit of lip for them, you know, vacationing where they are and because they have so much and the island that they visit has so little. And so I think it's supposed to be kind of like trying to, to show the juxtaposition of these two worlds and what might the daughter have gotten involved with, but she's very open in terms of like mingling with the locals and meeting and talking to people. So like what role did that play in what happened to her? And I guess her sister will do a little bit more of that discovery work, but so far I can't say that it's like, Oh, I've watched one episode and I have to watch another one. And I think the author, when she wrote this, when she wrote St. X, I think it might be loosely based on the Natalie Holloway case. But I don't think she ever confirmed it. And I think, you know, of course, there's more than one one person or who has gone missing while on vacation in the Caribbean. So that's it. I think this series will have eight episodes. So a number of them are out already. But like I said, I haven't been compelled to watch anymore. And Gail, I feel like we should do another show at some point on these because I had so many others that I could have mentioned. Probably that I newly discovered, not that are not that they're particularly current, but I never really care about that anyway. Right. You want to give a quick mention of them or just save them for later? We can save them for another show. But I would I will say that if you have Apple Plus And if you want to watch The Last Days of Ptolemy Gray, it has Samuel Jackson and Dominique Fishback in it. That is an excellent series. I have not read the book. Books by Walter Mosley. It was just, it's so good. It's about like this guy, he's, he's 90. He's estranged from a lot of his family. He suffers from dementia. The only person in his family who like really cared about him or took care of him is a grand nephew that is he's murdered in a drive-by shooting and the a boarder who is staying with his niece eventually becomes involved with him and helping to take care of him and he has the opportunity to take this drug that you know he is not going to live he's 91 he won't make it to 92 but he will have like astonishing clarity and vitality for 2 to 3 days before he dies And he decides to take this drug in order to find out what happened to his nephew and also to like find out like there's a treasure that he may have have hidden based on when he was a very young boy growing up in the South. I mean, the series is excellent. It's so good. It it makes me want to makes me want to read the book. 
Wow, that does sound really good. Yeah, so good. So before we go, we have one more item of business to complete, and that is to bring our spring book tournament to a close. Our finalists are, Gail, do you want to say what your final book is? Sure. It is Signal Fires by Dana Shapiro. And mine is Black Top Wasteland by S.A. Cosby. So we've talked about these books. I know. A lot. I almost feel that's like, sort of the- just, can you just, just vote on them? <laughs> yeah, just vote. Right. You've heard us talk. <laughs> I guess maybe we can give a final plug in a not in a more sort of cosmic way as opposed to a here's the plot of the book. And, uh, yeah. Okay. I mean, I think I would just say about Signal Fires, it is a it is a comment on the kind of human tragedy of aging and how we so the and the legacy of family. Maybe that's what I'll say. It's it's very universal and very much just a a a, a way of helping us s- sort of get comfort from difficult things that happen in life. That's about as broad as I can get. Okay. So what I will say about Blacktop Wasteland in that vein is that this is commentary on, you know, the United States, which typically does not consider itself a stratified, stratified or a society that has classes, which just is not true. You know, we have this myth or the dream or this idea of upward mobility, which is not as easy to achieve as people would have you believe. You know, we have this, this work ethic and you come here and you work hard and you are going to be a millionaire. And so the universe that the universe <laughs> cannot say this, the universality of this man's story, even though he is a black man and there are racial elements. I think that this could have been any poor man, whether he's white or of another ethnic background, who is not able to take care of his family the way that he would like to without resorting to these very gray areas or straight up criminality in order to make ends meet. And I think that that's something that is universal and it causes so much, many other problems. And we just see it time and time and again, and its effect on all of us. All right. So go ahead and vote. And on our next show, we will announce the final winner for our spring book challenge. (laughs) All right. So with that note, Gail, I am wishing you like better reading times ahead and me too. I think I want to spend see if I can spend 30 minutes to an hour today with dear Edward. I might head to the gym and do a little bit of a workout and there's a rooftop on my gym. And then just after working out, just go lay out with my book. Oh, that sounds like a great day. All right. Well, until next time, happy reading. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of the readerly report. You can find all of our shows on iTunes or at thereaderlyreport.com. Please join our Facebook group, Readerly Report Readers, where you can talk to other listeners about their reading life. You can also find Nicole at NicoleBonia.com and me, Gail, at EverydayIWriteTheBookBlog.com. Finally, we'd love it if you left us a review on iTunes and told your book-loving friends about us.